This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be visiting with kennel master Roberto Garcia um, with the Pensacola Naval Air Station's military dogs. So we're so excited to talk about the incredible work that he and his handlers are doing to protect the U.S. Navy from explosives and other threats. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Kennel Master Roberto Garcia to the show. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have Kennel Master Garcia with us. Hello and welcome. Hello, how are you? We're great and we're so excited that you could take time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. So could you start off by just giving us an idea and tell us what you can because we know there's probably a lot you can't tell us. But if you could just share with us, give us a picture about the Pensacola Naval Air Station. So we're the largest uh, base in the southeast region. We have about 23,000 people on board. We're the first uh, naval air station built in 1914. And in regards to the dogs, um, I can't disclose how many dogs we have, but I can tell you that we have enough to accomplish the mission, and they definitely, you know, they we, we love working with them. It's one of the best jobs, in my opinion, that you can have in the, in the Navy. Well, I would have to agree with you. That sounds awesome. And I've driven by there. It's such a beautiful location there in Pensacola. I've never been on the site, but definitely have been in that area. And it's so beautiful. So how long have you been stationed there? Um, This is actually my second tour here. My first tour was from 2009 to 2012. I did three years here and uh, went to a, uh, an IA to South America out of here during that time. And then I've been here, this time around, I've been here since 2016, and i got about a year left, and it's been great. I love this area. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. Well, tell us what, because your title sounds so official, what is the Kennel Master? So Kennel Master is uh, pretty much uh, the, the person in charge overall, oversees uh, the kennels and the dog handlers and the dog teams 
Lucky for me, this installation, I actually get to handle a dog as well. So pretty much uh, just the admin side of it, you know, I take care of that. And I ensure that uh, all MWD teams, uh, military working dog teams, are uh, properly trained and uh, certified. Awesome. Well, tell us, how did you become a dog handler? Uh, That's actually a funny story. When I joined the Navy, it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing for me. You know, I I was in college at the time, and I wasn't really, um, you know, I wanted to do something different. So I joined the Navy, and I, I mean, I really didn't know much of the military. I didn't even know that the military had dogs at the time, to be honest. (laughs) But when I went through, I passed my, uh, I passed boot camp, and then I went through my uh, initial training for a master at arms. And then uh, while in school, they asked, you know, if anybody was interested in becoming a dog handler. And so, I mean, I raised my hand. I was, you know, I never had dogs until the military. <laughs> my hand, and, you know, 10 years later, here I am. Um, best decision I could have made. Wow. Did you like dogs? I mean, what inspired you to raise your hand that day? I was, I, I actually don't even know. I just <laughs> raised my hand. I, you know, I was eager to learn, and I always liked dogs. Just never had one growing up. And now I actually got a puppy right now. So in addition to, you know, working with the working dogs. So, you know, I've, I've always loved dogs, just never had one growing up. And now I'm, you know, running a kennel at uh, the largest base in the Southeast region. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, so after you raised your hand, then what was the next process? What did you go through after that? It was an interview process, and um, throughout the interview process, what they what they want to do is they want to figure out if you have any experience, and they actually look for people who have little to no experience because uh, those people are you're able to mold them the way that they need to be molded to become a military working dog handler. And but throughout the interview process, they tell you um, you know pretty much what it's like to be a handler. You know, the positives, the negatives when it comes to your naval career, you know, and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, how long did you have to be trained yourself before you actually started working with a dog? So the course was about, I want to say, close to, it was like two and a half months, Uh, like 45, I don't remember, it was 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, but it, was, it was a few months, and then when I got to my first duty station, I actually um, had to get my qualifications as a master at arms before I actually got to handle a dog. So after I graduated school, it took me you know a month or so, a couple months, to get my basic quals at my pay grade at the time in order for me to handle a dog. Nice. Well, so can you tell us a little bit about what the dogs are trained to do and what kind of dogs they are? Yes. So in the military, we have um, dogs that are trained to find, you know, we got our drug dogs, we got our explosive dogs. Not going to get into exactly what they find other than just those general terms. And then we also have our patrol dogs, which are dogs that are trained to attack when necessary. And so those are the three types of dogs we have. Drug dogs and explosive dogs are separate. Uh, No one dog will be a drug dog and an explosive dog, but all dogs can be patrol dogs as well. Ah, so they're dual trained or they do all three? They can perform Uh, all? No, one dog will be able to perform all three. They will be able to perform two out of three. So they can either be Mm. a drug and patrol dog or explosive and patrol dog. They can't be a drug and explosive dog. 
And Got uh, it. The reason for that is when a dog responds, you want to know whether it's for explosives or for drugs. So that, that's the thought process behind that. That's interesting that they are dual trained and can do both either drug or explosive, but they definitely can all do patrol, it sounds like. Uh, yes, ma'am. And then um, we have Belgian Malinois. We have German Shepherds. We have labs in the military. Um, so we have various dogs that can, you know, complete the mission. Do you breed the dogs? Do you have a breeding program there in Pensacola? Not in Pensacola. Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas, uh, we do have a breeding program there. Uh, so how old are the dogs when they arrive in Pensacola? It varies depending how long they took their training at, at San Antonio, Texas. So sometimes, I mean, we can get a dog as young as, you know, a year and a half, you know, two years old. Yeah, yeah. And then are they matched with one person? Because I think I read where you guys really try to focus on the dog being able to work with multiple handlers. Is that true? Uh, yes, in a way. So what happens is when we get a dog, let's say we got a dog on board NAS Pensacola, my job is to pair the dog with the handler that is most fitting based on how the dog is, their temperament, and based on the handler as well. And what happens is once they get certified, once the handler completes his tour with that dog, the dog actually stays at NAS Pensacola. And then when his replacement comes, he will be paired up with that dog. Ah, okay. And is that a difficult process for the dogs, do you think? It can be. Some dogs require a lot of rapport, a lot of rapport building with their handlers. And other dogs, are their drive is so high for the reward itself that um, multiple handlers can handle the dog and it <laughs> work. They don't care where it comes from as long as they're getting that reward. <laughs> okay. Yes, <laughs> I was wondering what kind of motivators and rewards that you use with the dogs. I guess it just depends on the dog? It depends on the on the dog. Typically, you'll see uh, most dogs will be a Kong reward. It's a specific toy for the dog. And then some dogs, they like tennis balls. It really depends on the dog, depending on which toy they get as their primary reward. Some dogs like squeaky toys. You know, other dogs like playing a lot with their handlers. So they'll like re uh, rewards like tug toys of that nature. Do you do food as rewards for any of your dogs? Treats? We here at NAS Pensacola do not do any uh, food reward. None of our dogs are food reward dogs. In the past, there have been food reward dogs throughout the military, uh, but none here at NAS Pensacola. Interesting. I'm curious, how often do you feed your dogs? So they get fed uh, twice a day. They get mm -hmm. fed um, morning, a uh, couple hours before they start working, and then they get fed sometime in the afternoon, a couple hours after they're done working. Do the handlers feed them? Anybody can feed them in the in the MWD division, so it doesn't have to be their specific handler, but uh, if we have another handler available, he'll be able to feed any of the dogs. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm just curious because as I shared at the beginning of the show, I have a service dog, so and we certainly have our routine, so I was wondering how it compared to military dogs. That's interesting because I've been trained that I'm the only one that can feed her, and boy, Lovey is extremely food motivated, more so than toy, so that's interesting. Yeah. So when you're working with your dogs, so the training process, it sounds like you start that as soon as they arrive from Texas. Uh, actually, and they start their training, their basic training, initial training in Texas. And 
you know, they get their basic initial training there, and then what we do here at NAS Pensacola is when we, once we receive the dog, we'll advance their training. So we'll build on what got started in Lackland Air Force Base. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, hold that thought because I want to ask you more about that when we come back. We're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors, but we're going to come back and keep talking with Kennel Master Roberto Garcia. So come right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Kennel Master Roberto Garcia from the Pensacola Naval Air Station. And we're talking today about the dogs that that he works with and trains. And before the break, you mentioned that you start doing advanced training with the dogs when they arrive. So about how long is that process? Can you share with us what you can tell us about the advanced training? Uh, Yes, ma'am. So every day we work towards uh, advancing the dogs. So every single day we train with the dogs. They get, you know, they get their couple days off throughout the week but for the most part every day we work on pretty much playing hide and seek when it comes to detection and we'll we'll hide uh, what they need to find we'll go through either a building warehouse a barracks an open area and we'll try to hide it from the dogs so we try to make each training evolution more difficult the harder they're able to find it during training the better they're going to be when we actually have to deploy the dogs out there to you know find contraband yeah. And how are the dogs deployed? So in regards to deployed overseas, we get a message, you know, requesting specific type of dogs. And what we do is we prepare, we'll get noticed in advance, or we'll have an advance notice, and then we'll prepare for that training depending on the area we're going, whether it's, you know, Middle East, South America, whatever the case may be we'll go ahead and conduct training to prepare for that specific mission that comes around. And so do you guys go as a team or is, I guess it just depends on what the request is. Yeah. So for the most part, deployment will go as a team. And then if we're talking about uh, just a day-to-day operations here at NAS Pensacola, um, again, the same thing, one handler, the, the hand, the dog team will always work together. You, you'll never see, for instance, you'll never see me working someone else's dog while yeah. we're here in the day-to-day operations. Yeah, and I was just curious about that, about if you are you have a request to be deployed, if the dogs, um, do they interact with each other? Like, do they work as a team with the dogs, or are they just really focused on their handler? So we don't let the dogs mingle with each other. There's never any contact. 
but we do work around dogs. So, for instance, we generally keep about a 15, 20-foot distance between dogs, and we'll train together, whether it's, you know, obedience, detection, or patrol, in that aspect, but we won't, we'll never let the dogs interact with each other directly. Mm-hmm. I wondered about that, if they got to play together or anything. So when you travel with your dog, I guess you're doing all of that. You're flying on military planes, or do you ever travel on commercial airlines with your dog? From time to time, we do, but, you know, that's, it depends on the mission. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on the point. It, really, that's what dictates uh, how we travel. Yeah. And when you travel, I was just talking with a trainer yesterday, actually, and we were talking about they had seen a military dog traveling in a U.S. airport. And I was just wondering, do you have to, how do you do that when you travel commercially? Does the dog fly in the plane with you or or what's the protocol? Yes, the dog will fly in the plane with us, and basically when we're, you know, when we're throughout the airport, you know, dogs will be muzzled because these dogs are trained. They're some, most of the dogs are trained to attack, you know, patrol-wise. So we always, you know, safety is always uh, paramount whenever we're out in the public with the dogs. So we have them muzzled, and they can fly in the plane with us as well. And reason for the muzzling is, you know, we got, you know, kids running around, you know, they can't tell the difference between a, you know, a home dog and a, you know, working dog. Right, right. I know. I have to say, when I've seen them in the airport with Lovey, I feel like they're giving Lovey the stink eye, you know, and so I always try to go around and stay as as far away as I can because I, I do respect that and understand that they don't really realize the difference. But yeah, definitely can feel that for her when we get somewhat close to a, a military dog. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, what do the dogs do in their time off? So in the time off, we let dogs just be dogs. So we'll play fetch, you know, basic stuff like that, you know, because at the end of the day, these are working dogs, but everything we do is a game to them, you know. So, you know, when they're out there conducting obedient patrol sessions or detection, everything is a game. That's why we give them the, once they find what they need to find, we'll give them their reward, which is whatever toy designated to them. But, you know, during the time off, we really like to just focus on letting the dogs just be dogs, you know, running around in the obedience yard, playing fetch, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and I should ask you one more thing about about them being out in public, like in an airport. How should someone respond if they see you and your dog in public? Because I know they're so gorgeous. People, I'm sure, want to come up to you. But what really, how should people really respond? Um, I mean, people can acknowledge, but they can't at no time should they come and try to pet one of our dogs. Again, you know, when you get a stranger coming up to you or running up to you at times, really we have to we have to make sure that they keep their distance. You know, even though they're muzzled, we still don't want anybody to, to get hurt. So when people see us out in public, you know, they can acknowledge, you know, the handler, but kind of uh, try not to pay too much attention to the dog to ensure yeah. that, you know, we keep the safety in mind. They should do what me and Lovey do. Smile at you guys and keep going the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, totally appreciate that. Yeah. Well, tell us what happens to these dogs when they age and, and are retired? So basically, typically what's happened is, so the current handler, he has the option of adopting a dog or, you know, at times, like for instance, um, if one of my dogs were to retire, 
I'll give the handler the option, hey, do you want to adopt a dog? If not, I'll I'll look at his um, who's handled him in the past, and I will, you know, contact those handlers. Hey, so-and-so dog is retiring. Uh, would you like to adopt him? Oh, um, nice. You know, and that's pretty much how we go about uh, the adoption process. If you don't have somebody, do you ever go outside of that group and expand yes. that? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, the public can adopt these military working dogs, and it's actually uh, at the Lackland Air Force Base, or the Lackland Air Force site. They can, uh, there's actually a site there where you can put in an application for one of the dogs. Oh, that's awesome. And I did want to ask you, is there anything that we as civilians can do to support your dogs? Do you ever accept, like, toys or gifts or anything like that, or is there anything you need? Not usually in the States when we're not deployed. We usually don't get care packages or stuff like that, but definitely for our uh, our four-legged friends and handlers that are uh, deployed, care packages, you know, treats, toys, and all that sort of good stuff, that's one way, one way to help. And how could somebody do that? Is there an organization um, that you guys work with, or how would somebody do that? Because Lovey and I would love to send something. So there isn't a specific organization. I mean, there's a lot of organizations, but there's not one specific organization or any organization that uh, the Navy's tied to. But there are some organizations out there that if you just conduct a little research, they do send care packages uh, overseas. Okay, awesome. Well, like I said, we would love to do that. So I'll have to look into that. And, and if I find it, I'll share it on our website so that our listeners, because I bet a lot of our listeners would like to do that too, because the work that you do is so incredible for our country and really want to honor you guys and send you some goodies on both of you when you're out and deployed. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today. It was such a delight to hear about you. And I have to ask you, though, before you go, tell us what your dog's name is. The dog that I'm working with, his name is Hecky. Hecky. And tell us what kind of dog Hecky is. So Hecky, he's a Belgian Malinois. He's a He's about 10 years old, and um, he acts like a puppy. Wow. Really- wow. How much longer do you think Hecky will work? Hecky, he'll be in the adoption process here real soon. Yeah. Are you going to adopt him, or are you going to not be able to do that right now? Actually, I got his previous handler before I got here. He worked him for a while, and he's actually uh, going to be the one adopting him. He has dibs on Hecky. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad Hecky's going to be going to a, his first handler. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us, and we hope you'll come back and, and tell us again more work that you guys are doing. We just love hearing about it. And again, just really honor the work you're doing and can't thank you enough for your service. Yeah, really, really mean that. Definitely. Will do, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Okay, awesome. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We're so glad you could join us today and always. And we love hearing from you. So please keep your questions, comments, ideas coming. We love to read them. And you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And as always, we invite you to follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're having so much fun connecting with you and seeing your photos of your working dogs. So thanks so much for being with us, and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.